Welcome to the Adoptive Dad Playbook. Sit back, relax, and grab a beverage with your host, David Bischlein. Welcome back to another episode of the Adoptive Dad Playbook. You found your way back, and welcome for that. <laughs> Sorry for the goofy intro. It is summer. Hopefully you guys are enjoying your summer. Uh, I know around here where I live, it got real hot real fast. Kind of feels we skipped spring and went to summer. I don't know about where you guys live, but that's what it feels like. Hopefully everyone is doing well, staying safe, uh, getting that vaccine if that's what you choose to do, and just and hopefully get a chance to enjoy summer when we get back to a sense of normalcy at this time. Today's episode, we talk with uh, Scott Clark, who has his own podcast, Ads of Adventure. And in that podcast, an episode, he spoke with a few gentlemen and one of them started an organization called Adventure Is Out There. And in the episode, basically they talk about their organization. And what they do is they take newly adopted families of older children and they send them to Disney World. And they go with them. And basically it is a time for the family, the adoptive family, the child that's come in to basically build that bond and attachment. And what better place in Disney World? An exciting place to build those memories, to build that family cohesive unit and it's a very good episode if you're looking you can find it on scott's um uh, podcast he talks about it it's called the adventures out there and basically they they've had 15 families in the past three three and a half years obviously in the past year and a half they've had to stop their trips due to covid but they're hoping to start it up again and they just basically give the opportunity they're very small but they've helped 15 families which is incredible and that bonding for adoptive families is huge especially for older children as they come and can be a little bit more challenging to do so so if you're interested check them out that is adventure is out there and from the bray foundation and if you want to hear more about that give scott's podcast a listen on that episode without any further ado we're going to hop into today's episode it is good it is thorough and scott has a lot of really good disney information but he's also an adoptive dad of two and his view uh, of adoption and how he's brought Disney into it, I think is really, really fascinating. And I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Without it, here we go. All right. Today's guest is a podcaster, a husband, a father, aka Disney dad, to two adopted boys. Please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Scott Clark. Scott, first off, thank you for coming on to the playbook today. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate being here. Well, let me let me get in. So Scott has his own uh, podcast. He has a lot more than I episodes than I do. So he's more of an experienced and veteran podcaster. Uh, but his is a really awesome uh, idea. Not only is he an adopted dad, but he loves Disney and he makes no qualms about that. Uh, but he has a, a podcast called Dad's Adventure. You want to tell us a little about your podcast, Scott? Sure. Yeah. So uh, Dad's of Adventure was kind of born out of... Um, an adoptive spirit as well. Um, I, the original like DADS dad's part of it was supposed to be, um, you know, Disney adoptive dads as an acronym. Um, and my goal was to find other dads that, um, were adoptive dads, but also, you know, were Disney dads. I found that pool of people was very small. Um, so I started looking for positive, um, Disney dads realizing that, um, you know, many of the encounters that I've had about adoption and questions about that too, 
have come from this normal conversation. So that's my goal is to go out there and um, in the last year I've you know met other Disney adopted dads along the way. Um, you can find it uh, you know in all the, the um, regular you know podcast apps there and um, you know then um, you know and in other places at Dads of Adventure as well. Social media mainly on Instagram is the main place I'm there. So well, that's where I hit you up on Instagram. I, I'm going to be real. I'm such a noob on Instagram and Twitter and, and I'm, it's awful. My students make fun of me all the time. Like, how do I do this on Instagram? <laughs> What's a hashtag? I'm always learning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's always something to learn. There's always a new feature on every one of them. I, I just, uh, there's even new platforms that come up like, uh, clubhouse is one of the new ones out there. I'm trying to do a, uh, Disney dads chat. Um, weekly and uh, there's some way that you're supposed to be able to create a club, but I haven't figured it out yet. So I'm just kind of, you know, going along, along with it there, but uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, we're all, all learning I, when it comes to social media. So. All I know is that uh, discord is the vein of my existence. My son, he became a Boy Scout in March of 2020, which is the best time to become a Boy Scout. So all his meetings were on Discord, and I could never figure out how to get logged on. Okay, yeah, Discord and Clubhouse are similar, I think. It was but, uh, very yeah. challenging. So get into COVID. How, how have you guys adjusted your family? Maybe kind of share some thoughts yeah. you had on that. Yeah, I mean, I think early on um, we adjusted by doing – um, you know, some various things at home, like we did some, you know, a lot, a lot of things that are similar to other people like gardening and, um, doing, um, we, uh, you know, we're near Disney and, uh, there was this challenge that came out. So one of the things we did for one weekend was, uh, there's a challenge where you like go to every single um, Disney attraction and ride all of them when in one day. Um, so they did a virtual experience with that where you had to like recreate it with whatever you had around the house. Um, so that was really fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I actually had, you know, fun with a lot of the things that were going on. Um, virtual schooling was not, uh, not for my uh, kids. They didn't, <laughs> you know, take to it very well. They're brutal. Back brutal in school boy. now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so we've had a few adjustments along the way there, but, uh, one, one bonus is that I've been able to, to work from home. Um, hope that continues. Um, you know, it, and, um, that's been good so I can adjust and be here and, and do the things that I need to do, um, from home as well and, to cut my commute in, um, down quite a bit. So, um, Thank goodness for the internet uh, that it was here when everything was going on because it'd be, I think it'd be a lot different otherwise. Uh, that, I, I think that's real. Like I know as a teacher working from home, I got kind of spoiled. Uh, kinda, mm. I, I could go down, I could work out, I could mow my yard, you know, on my off period. I was like, this is pretty awesome, man. I can get some work done. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd save myself an hour of driving every day. I was like, all right, I was saving gas. Uh, but I did miss the interaction, but it, it that, I like the way you, you you talked about how you did like this Disney adventure. I, I love it how you brought Disney even during the pandemic and everything yeah. else was closed. You still <laughs> did that. That's good. Also, man, your podcast art. I love it. It's the uh, up um, their little badge. What are they? Oh, man. I, I know. I'm, I know that it's from the movie up. Correct. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I forget. What's the name of that club they were in? I can't remember the name of it now. 
the wilderness explorers. The wilderness explorers. But yeah, I think your podcast art is really, really creative. I appreciate it. All right. So I'm going to get to our warm up questions, quick hitters. The one I, I ask everybody, what is the one thing that annoys your wife or kids the most? Well, I was thinking on this, um, and I appreciate having this a little bit early on there, uh, not to give away anything in the podcast there, but uh, um, one thing that I thought of, this is specific to um, my younger son, but uh, he's very practical and um, takes me what I say as um, what I say, but he's starting to realize that I joke some too. Um, and uh, call me out on it finally. But uh, one thing I do for him is I always ask him, what's his name? And he's like, you know my name. And I'm like, no, what's your name, Bennett? And he's like, you just said it. You know my name. Yeah, so we'll have fun with that. And he's like, you're just joking, Baba, eventually, um, when we get into the conversation. But but he, yeah, but we, so now it's a fun game. But before it was kind of annoying to him but uh now it's now it's a fun game that we play so i try not to get to the point of annoyance but uh, well i mean it's fun to kind of mess your kids so i like to mess with my kids yeah. I, <laughs> I, I i that's that's one of my things i'm just glad no one asked me that or my wife that question yet um what tv show or podcast or book are you kind of digging right now what's something you're enjoying um so there's several Disney podcasts that I listen to. I'm, um, I'm, I really am liking some of the like more retro ones right now. There's one they call like WDW Retro and the 3028, and they talk a lot about Disney history and like getting the super um, detail. Um, and then on kind of like the complete away from Disney um, perspective. Um, uh, there's a podcast called, um, I think it, I think the full title is I am not ashamed, but it's like the duck dynasty guys. And they're just talking about, you know, life and, um, you know, occasionally they'll get into like what the headlines are and things like that. But it's just really like biblically based, um, conversations and like kind of unpacking some of, you know, Bible verses that you've heard many times and you know issues that come up in life on a regular basis but you know doing it in a fun um way um but uh you know really focusing on you know how you can live your life better so i kind of alternate between those the fun uh podcasts with disney and uh listening to those when i try to get out on walks in the morning so um i've been enjoying both both aspects of those when, when you go on your walks in the morning, do you got to watch out for alligators since you live in Florida? I haven't seen an alligator yet, but it's always a possibility. We have uh, signs in our neighborhood and most uh, most places do that uh, um, you can't uh, swim or, um, or fish in the ponds because uh, Florida wildlife may be present. Um, yeah, that's... Uh... Uh, <laughs> that freaked me out when I was a kid. My grandfather had a house in uh, uh, Leesburg, mm -hmm. which is north of Orlando. He in retirement, and we went and visited. and And I was uh, so afraid. I was like fifteen or sixteen, and I was like, "Oh, I bet we'll see a gator." And then you got to get a zigzag run. 
if you yeah. see a gear. I was like, let's try that. That was like 15 or 16. I wasn't very fast then. I'm definitely not fast now. All right. So since you're a Disney mm-hmm. guy, I'm going to ask you, what's your favorite place to eat at Disney just in general? I know you probably got a lot. Yes. we. I actually did a uh, – just got done with a uh, Walt Disney World food madness um brackets um on instagram it was really good (laughs) it was really awesome i was like dang man that's a lot of stuff dude yeah um so i would say that my um it's hard because there's a lot of different categories that i would put different things in um but i think one of my my favorite ones to just go to on a regular basis um would be uh liberty tree tavern that would probably be my favorite uh, overall, but there's many, many favorites I had, um, especially as I was watching that happen and uh, seeing what other people's favorites were too. So that was fun. I know you did a couple of podcasts over like Legoland. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite ride at any theme park in Central Florida? Um, Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room in the Magic Kingdom in Adventureland. Um, I, as my overall best ride best experience it's the first um experiment with um disney animatronics and um you know it has the um, adventure land and you know, tiki bird theme and it's just got the disney humor so it's all wrapped up in one yeah a lot of people will only go there on occasion and it's probably true for me too but i think in overall that that is my favorite um attraction um or i would say the best you know kind of combining different aspects of all the different attractions um yeah from my side i've heard it's really good Uh, i'd never been there before in my three trips to Mm. disney but i i'm always reading that i'm always hearing that that's a good one my kids wouldn't sit through that all right here's a here's a question (laughs) i didn't yeah well they don't sit through much unless it's a YouTube video where someone's playing Minecraft or, or Fortnite. Uh, that's what they, they like to do. All right. I'm going to throw this one at you here. What's the All most right. overrated Disney attraction? Go with the, um, the magic carpets that are in, um, they're in magic kingdom. Right. Um, we we rode that one instead of the Dumbo. Yeah. There was a shorter line. Well, let's go here and ride this. The same yeah. thing. So. <laughs> It was fine. It's the same thing. But yeah, I, I was going to throw that one in. I was curious what you'd say. Yeah. Um, I haven't been there enough. You you need to come down and come to to Branson, not far from St. Louis, okay. and uh, try Silver Dollar City. That's uh, they've had some, they've had some good rides, some good food, and some good rides down there. Or it's the only place in the world you could get like uh, so. I got um, cashew chicken is kind of a Springfield, Missouri thing, and people love it. It's like oh, nice. It's yeah. kind of a weird brown sauce with cashews and like fried chicken. And they had it in what could only be considered a, a fortune cookie cone. And so you kind of ate it out of this cone. It was delicious. My wife thought it wasn't, but I that's just the way I roll. It was really good. Though. All right. So you're on here. So you're an adoptive dad. Well, so why, why don't you just share your journey with us and kind of how that came about? Yeah. Um, so not to like extend it too far, but it just kind of developed over a few different years. I think God was kind of putting the people in place and the, the path in place to get there. Um, you know, we lived in Kentucky initially and, um, um, you know, we're there for a few years, um, of our married life and then, um, and then moved to South Carolina and, you know, South 
we felt like we were supposed to go to South Carolina and we you know, went there and um, we just got started getting connected with people like from our small group leaders who kind of connected us into um, the, the foster care scene. We had kind of been thinking about, you know, things before then, but um, we got connected with um, just kind of going to some informational meetings for um, a group called um, Lifeline Children's Services, um, who I highly recommend. Um, and they're a Christian adoption agency. Um, they have offices in a few different places and they have a number of different um, country programs. Um, and one of the key tools that I think, you know, kind of, um, I highly recommend to people is, uh, they just have like a simple grid that kind of gives you, um, there's different requirements for different countries. So you, they have a grid that shows you like age, um, what in general they think it's going to cost, um, different times that you have to be in country, things like that. So you can kind of compare things pretty quickly instead of having to like search the entire internet or their entire website for um, information. So, I mean, that that simplified things um, quite a bit. Um, and after an information meeting or so, we're like, oh yeah. So um, they, had, they were starting a new Hong Kong program and you know, like many people, we um, like, okay, this is gonna be expensive. So let's look for, you know, the Hong Kong program is gonna be um, let, less expensive than some of the other ones so we're like let's let's focus on that that sounds great um, um and the um uh so but then after talking with the director we kind of um there were some things that um we couldn't necessarily um do because the hong kong program was geared around um the some kind of extreme um, special needs. And I bring that up because there's a lot of that in, especially international adoption and just, and special needs can mean a lot of things that can mean different medical issues, but it can mean um, in different countries, it can mean age or, um, you know, you know, I, age of potential adoptability and you know those things sound weird but um, those are your know, realities in the adoption world um but i bring that up to just say like god can help you bring about any you know particular thing that um you need to do you may feel ill-equipped to do something um but you know god can help in that um but you also have to kind of seek his counsel in the initial part of the process to um, know kind of what gifts and resources and things like that he may have provided for you and um, seek the path that, that he would he would want you to take in that. So while there were several um, special needs that we felt equipped for, um, even, you know, the, um, recommendation was to you know, check out the China program. So we did that and we're like, well, that one's, you know, you know, twice as expensive or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we really had, to, we thought about it for a little bit, but it wasn't too long before we'd be like, yeah, that, that looks like, you know, a good, good um, program to continue with. Um, and, um, you know, the thing that I'll say again and again is with adoption, 
it's really hard to, you know, the adapt, a lot of the adoption agencies are great about like putting, laying out like, okay, here's the process, but it's going to be really overwhelming to think about how do I get from point A to point B and then C, D, E, F, G, and more letters of the alphabet than you can ever, um, you know, think of. Um, so we just had decided to take that first step. So that's really the story there is we took the first step. We um, started through the process. Um, the first, um, so we went through two adoption processes for China. Um, the first was um, about a year and a half of, you know, getting ready for the process um, and then um, and then traveling to the country. Um, you have to be there about two to three weeks, um, depending on um, the need there. Um, just for the matter of getting there, doing all the things that you need to do in China. Um, and then um, you have to go to Guangzhou, China to finalize your adoption. And then um, you, you can leave or do something there. Uh, we chose to take a couple extra days there. Um, and then, um, and this is shortening it, and I'll get into a little more detail <laughs> in a moment. But, um, and then when we got back from that, it was shortly after that we um, felt like we needed, we were going to adopt um, again. Um, and we um, kind of wanted to fast track that program. And because uh, a big part of your adoption process is the home study. And we had we're hoping to use our home study again, um, and reuse that because that would save some time. What we realized was they recommended doing a whole new everything because just in case that those there's certain time limits on the, some of those things, if some of those um, ran out and you were in the middle of the process, you'd have to do them all again and start all over with the process. So we kind of um, we were kind of in a weird place there. We um, started with Lifeline, but there was a child that we felt like was the child that was supposed to be um, for us with um, and a different agency called Gladney. Um, and um, the originally we tried to see if you know, we could bring that waiting child um, over to Lifeline agency. They tried to work together on that, um, but it was obvious that we needed to just go with the other agency. So that's what we ended up doing. Um, and we were fine with that. Um, we, um, and our agencies worked together. So we were still have, it kind of had a weird situation, which I don't necessarily recommend except in that particular situation as we had our social worker was from Lifeline and our um, agency was Gladney. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the biggest things that I think was a benefit there is that we had two different types of training that we needed at the time. When we got our first child, we had training about like um, the similar training on trauma and um, whatnot that um, we got from um, Lifeline. Um, it was all very, you know, very Christian based, um, based on you know, loving the child and uh, making sure that um, you know, and just kind of being aware of situations that may have occurred that you, you may not be aware of um, so that you can be ready for that process. And I highly recommend trainings for that reason. 
um, to get you prepared for things like that. A lot of times these days you can do those things online, but we did it like in a group on over a weekend, long weekend with other couples. Um, and, um, you know, as much as you can do that right now, but, um, but then the training that we got from the other agency was completely different. They were a secular organization, but, um, had had Christian roots from their previous experience. Um, and their training was very like science-based. Like I learned all about the synapses of the brain and how that affects, um, like connection and um, attachment, um, lots of adoption type terms that, um, you know, sometimes hard to explain, but um, basically, you know, it's like to put it in the basic terms, like um, when you like hold a child, this is what happens in their brain. Like it was just very informative information that not only helped me with the second adoption that we were doing, but um, really helped me to better understand the adoption for our first son um, and things that he might need that um, you know we're working through with him um, and um, you know again they just provided different perspectives and um, it was great so that took about another you know year and a half to two years um, one thing you'll find is there's never like People say this is the longest part of the process or this is part of the longest part of the process. Different parts were different longest part of the process is things that went fast, went slower and vice versa. Um, and, you know, eventually when we went, we took our um, first child, uh, Baylor, with us um, so that he could meet his new brother. Um, and we also brought our um, uh, my father-in-law um, to to help you know, just to have an extra person there. Um, and um, one thing, you know, I definitely recommend that we did um, during both trips, it helps with the relationship building to do something there before that relationship changes. Um, that may seem, sound strange, but like when we went to China the first time, uh, my wife and I, um, we stopped in California and went to Disneyland, something we hadn't done. We did it for our anniversary as a couple before we had kids. And that was a, a great experience. She actually su somehow surprised me with it, even though you know, we were doing so much planning for the adoption. She you know, surprised me with two days there. That's pretty um, impressive that she surprised yeah, it was. You. I, I have no idea how she did it. Um, and, but, uh, um, but she did and it was uh, awesome because we were like getting to the airport and I'm like, okay, we got to get our bags and we got to get them rechecked so we can go to China. And she's like, no, go check in the bags. And she had, you know, a Disneyland t-shirt and she's like, we're going to Disneyland. And I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say until we got there. It was all a very surreal experience, but <laughs> it was like, okay. Um, and that's, it was awesome. Kudos to her. That's impressive, yeah. man. You got to give her, yeah. you got to give her a lot of props yeah. for her to be able to sneak in, sneak in like that. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, that, um, and you know, when we got there, we, we toured China so that we could get a better sense of like the culture. Um, we came into Shanghai that was, you know, before we went to our destination city, um, we, uh, book some tours with um, some local folks that um, were recommended and 
you know, went and saw a lot of the culture that was there and also um, Shanghai Disney for three hours. So I'll throw that in there. Only um, three hours. I'm a little disappointed. That was always the only time we had, we were going to do it and we're like, should we do it? And like, yeah, we got it. It was like a grand opening year or something. So did you did. climb the but, great uh, wall? That's what I wanted. Did you, did you walk along? No, the we had not been to the great wall. Uh, the second time though, we went um, to a place called, uh, I'm going to get it wrong. Zhang Zhe Um, it, and it was, I, I'm not like a huge Avatar fan, but it was where they filmed Avatar. So like the backgrounds that are in Avatar, these like crazy mountains um, that are there. Um, that's where we went. Um, so that was a cool experience. It was like out in nature and um, totally different experience than what we had the first time we were in China. Um, but it was like a bonding experience that we had with our son and my father-in-law and my wife as that unit before we added to, you know, to the, to the family unit. So, um, and both times we left, we also had a bonding experience coming out of China. Uh, we went to Hong Kong Disney on both trips with my son. So those were like their first you know, Disney experiences. Um, as, uh, you can tell we like Disney. Um, and, I didn't know. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it it was a different experience each time. But you know, like the thing we learned things, and I'll um, kind of stop there. Yeah, you know, there were things that we had to adjust to when we got home, and um, um, yeah, you know, we had some periods of time to do that. Um, but that's kind of you know, our general. Um, story there but i'll uh, leave some room here to uh um for some questions too so we can get a little bit deeper no, in, i mean i, I like items, so <laughs> i like the way you went back and you know for a lot of people it's, you know for me i always felt the, the calling to adopt and so i like the way you god kind of pricked your heart a little bit and it was like a little bit here and a little bit there uh mm -hmm. and to do that i think that's a great testimony to just that not for everybody especially for dads and this is something i've noticed there's a lot of information for moms and moms out there but you know dads i think sometimes they kind of feel like they're kicking and screaming they're kind of carried by their wives just doing this but the way you kind of like let it work i, I think sometimes it doesn't have to be this magical moment we no offense but i think sometimes we want that disney moment in our lives that oh this is you know it's gonna be this magical moment and we expect you know like someone to come and tell us that we're going to adopt but the way you said you let it kind of ferment and grow in you i think that's good and i think dads need to hear that it's not gonna it may not be this immediate yeah. yes so just you know, just let it kind of ferment and grow in 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 that mindset. I think that's big. So kind of lean to that. As you were, let's say, as you began to get into adoption, what was one of the biggest fears that you had? Um, I, I strangely enough, I don't think there were fears. I think there was like initially like fears of like okay. Once we commit to this, we are committed to this path. But that kind of went away fairly quickly once we went to the path. Um, and um, I'd say probably the thing that we thought about the most, um, at least on the initial side of things, was like, okay, how are we going to raise this money? Um, I had been in the fundraising world. Um, I worked for a nonprofit, so I was very familiar with fundraising. Um, but I also knew the challenges of fundraising and trying to explain something, um, you know, um, and, you know, like 
until you get to a certain point in your adoption, you can't, you know, one of the benefits of fundraising is, you know, that you can say, tell people that they're tax deductible donations. Well, until you get to a certain point, they're, they're not, you know, and then, then you can kind of work from there and there's ways to, um, to manage that. But, um, you know, we kept, that was a question we kept asking people um, pretty constantly and didn't feel like we got like a, um, uh, a an acceptable answer <laughs> from what we saw. Right. Um, you know, it's like we trusted that God was leading on us on this path, but we definitely were like, okay, what can, what do we need to do to, to help get to that point? Um, and people's answers were always like, well, God, you know, they would give like the story of like, well, this other couple was adopting and then, you know, things, they ended up, you know, getting, going on a different path and they gave us all of their adoption money and that paid for our adoption. You know, we're like, okay, that's great. You know, were there, there did you do a car wash or to bake sale? <laughs> that's a lot um, of cookies. It's like, a lot of cookies yeah. to make if you're going to raise that kind of money. Yeah. Um, and was it even more, we were like, yeah, go ahead. Was it so, even more challenging to do it so closely together? Was that even, that had to have been super challenging to try to raise. Cause you, how long was a two year difference you said between your two adoptions? Yeah, so um, I mean, the first part of it um, was um, a challenge. I mean, the um, we but we kind of saw along the way what what people meant when they were saying that that you know God provided at the right time. Like, I mean, He provided. And people won't believe this until they start seeing it themselves too. So I don't blame them because, um, you know, he provided like random things at different times, like the, um, and I think we were more accepting of that the second time and being able to recognize some of those things. Um, I'm trying to think back to an example of the first, uh, first one and I can't quite at the moment, but, um, but just like people stepping up at like at the last bit to um, to help and like realizing that, um, and then people that we didn't know um, that just kind of um, made fairly big donations. You know that I had very some people I had very loose you know connections with or zero connections with. Um, so it's. God has those people in line. And then like the second time, um, one of the things we did was like, we sold our house kind of in the middle of the first adoption process. Um, and God you know, kind of blessed us with kind of a restart on some of our finances and things like that there. But then we used a lot of that um, to um, pay off some things and then, we kind of started fresh on the second, on the second round, but there were like random things like um, we forgot somewhere in the process. It was forgotten. Well, there was us. I think it was us um, to tell our uh, home insurance company that we had switched houses. Um, yeah. Doesn't sound like something that would be missed, but you know, it was definitely a God given thing. Cause we got like, you know, over a thousand dollars back um, at a time when we really needed it um, that uh, we may have spent otherwise, you know, so um, 
and I, I tell people this as kind of like God's joke of like how he can bring, you know, um, things from anywhere and do anything. Um, we got like a, you know, a $15 check from my wife's old car insurance company that had to come through like, I don't know, like eight, at least eight changes of addresses um, to get to us. Um, yeah. So it, while it wasn't the biggest contributing factor, it was just like another thing is like, see, see what I can do. Yeah. I can bring, <laughs> I can, bring, yeah, I mean, I can bring these, uh, um, big or small or whatever, you know, whatever is needed. I will, you know, I mean, $15 pays, pays for that postage to pay to uh, yeah. mail to the, your, your agency, that massive yeah. amount of stuff you got to mail off yeah. at some point. Um, so when you, when you get it, so you're in your adoption, you, you bring your son, and your second, so what, what, what were some challenges that you faced with attachment? Did you have any challenges, I guess? And how did you overcome those? Or what was something you could advise? Because I know my wife and I, that for me personally is something that's weighs heavy on my mind. We bring our daughter home, like we're in process of that. Mm -hmm. Making, and you know, they say 12 weeks. I mean, no one knows, no one can tell you for your child and you. Mm -hmm. but like, how did you make that attachment? How did you make that bond? Yeah, um... So it's kind of different for each time, um, and but uh, similar at the same time. So the it so we didn't have a lot of challenges with that. Um, one thing I would recommend, especially, and I'm can't speak to every single. You know, international adoption piece, but like in, in China, for the Chinese adoptions, one of the things they do is they, um, you basically are like in like a government room and they bring the child, you like have a couple other couples maybe there with you. You might be there alone <clears throat> and they bring your children to you and then, then you take them with you and then you like, you have like a day where it's like, yeah, we're going to make sure that everything's okay with you. And then you come, you just take them when you leave. Um, I got to ask you, what, what was that like? Yeah. Like what moment? Because yeah. I know, I know in our Korean and our Korean stuff, I, I, I'll meet her and then mm -hmm. we get to meet her the next day. And then we have to leave, you know, as long as we have to quarantine. But dude, share that moment. That's got to be crazy. Yeah. Like, especially you didn't have any other children, right? So you have yeah. now you're, you went from being, you know, a, a couple to now having a child here you go in a government building. Share that moment. That's got to be crazy. Yeah. So um, uh, the attachment part of it, I'll address before that ring suckers um, if they're younger kids and stuff. So that was um, the first one was in a government building. We had like two other couples there with us, I think. Um, and it was literally like, you know, we were supposed to get there. We were supposed to get settled and then they were supposed to come. But like, um, we got in the door and then like, I looked out the door and I'm like, I think they're coming around the corner. Like, let's get our, yeah. I'm like, so it was like a rush to get like the cameras ready to capture that moment and everything. And, um, yeah, I'm getting like, um, uh, yeah, goosebumps right now thinking about that moment that, um, yeah, it's just, it's just surreal. It's like, here's your child. And, um, um, 
you know, he didn't want to come to us, but we gave him a sucker and, um, which is probably not good to, to know for like, uh, <laughs> um, um, stranger danger and stuff like that. But, um, it, it worked in that situation. Um, but a lot of, a lot of food, a lot of sharing meals and things like that really helped. But yeah, it was, I, it, it's very strange because like we were ready to go with that type of thing. So like, it was like, we didn't have a child and then we did, but there wasn't like a, a big moment of like, um, I'm afraid to be a parent or anything. I, I don't, I don't know just for me at least but it was a totally surreal moment when all of a sudden we had a child and we had to um um you know and um you know they they had the clothes that were there and then it's like first thing you had to do was like go shopping because they need more clothes and they need food and all this other stuff um and all the f suggestion the first time was like all the suggestions that were made of like, yeah, they, this is what his, you know, we were like paying really close attention to like what um, they said he ate um, and he didn't want any of that. Um, he wanted, uh, um, you know, suckers. And so uh, there was these like fun things that later he just never wanted them ever again. There was some point where he just like refused them and like never liked them again. But um, but we got a ton of those at uh, um, the Walmart in China. There is Walmart in China, so um, everywhere comfort in that. Um, some of them are very are different than others, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> and have lots of really interesting things. Um, but the uh, but yeah, I mean that was one of the main things that we experienced was just like um, we all of a sudden had to provide for them and I think like as much as you can prepare um you've got to kind of adjust to the moment it's like like I said we went and bought like um congi which cereal which was like you know what they ate all the time but he didn't want that so um luckily we were eating at they set you up for there um they set us up with um at a hotel where they had like you know a um a uh, buffet type like breakfast and things like that. Um, so he could try all these different things. I don't know what we would have done. We would have like made so many different grocery runs if that wasn't the case. Um, but like we spent a lot of time like just walking to like, you know, trying to find like the, the baby gap in China or some equivalent, um, any store that had like <laughs> the appropriate clothing and things like that um, to give him a few different outfits to, to go on um, before we could, you know, order from Amazon after that, which I don't think that was like a thing when we were there um, during that time. So, um, but uh, I, I think those were the biggest things just like, whatever was kind of prepared for it was completely different and we just had to to roll with what we did and um, that seemed to work out most of the time there you know there were times when we didn't um like our son couldn't um one thing we learned for the second time we went was 
get baby sign language in place as quickly as possible because um, we kind of went on like he had one um, word that was just like or a noise that he would use and somehow eventually we figured out like different versions of that noise what that meant um, until um, you know we he learned had more language um, skills and you just kind of even like the Chinese language versus our language, like even though we didn't know much of it, you know, it worked out interacting with people at the hotel and whatnot. Um, so I think that was one thing. Um, and then it was just, um, I am going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but um, one recommendation I would definitely make is, um, whether it's the one we use, we had used a program called Signing Time um and we didn't do it till we got home for our one son and he just like learned it like instantaneously we had to watch it with him to make sure that we were learning it fast enough um and then he could do like baby sign language for like you know hungry um you know thirsty um and all sorts of other things that we wouldn't have been able to communicate otherwise until you know the language side caught up which was pretty quickly um but we brought that with us the second time we came and, you know, he like our second son, he just like learned it the first day we were in the hotel, started doing signs. And so we could communicate with them. It was, it's like amazing, um, miraculous type situation that, um, but yeah, definitely recommend that. <laughs> so yeah, that, on, that is something or whatever. That is something that we we met with our um, one of the people from our agency, and she did recommend sign language. That's that's a good. That's, I never thought about that. That's a really good point, though. Um, since you guys have become a blended family, have, what are, what are the challenges of becoming a blended family? Have you seen any of those challenges? Are, are you facing any of that? Um, I mean, I know your children are pretty young, but mm -hmm. have you have you dealt with any of that? And how if you have, how do you how do you handle that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we've dealt with that heavily at all. I mean, I know like um, there's you know, some general challenges in the um, public discourse right now, but we haven't really like experienced much of that. I know there's people that are afraid and we're not um, at the moment. Um, you know, I understand other people's um, challenges with that. Um, so, you know, don't discredit that for sure, but we haven't really experienced it. I, I expect that at some point we will. I mean, the, the, the funniest thing that we hear constantly, um, we don't think our sons look anything alike. Um, and we constantly get asked, and they're your part. Um, one's really tall, um, at least from our perspective. And one um, is, you know, not, not, not quite as tall. We constantly get asked if they're twins, um, which is interesting. That um, again, we don't see them. You know, they have complete. From our perspective, they have completely different features. But you know, we're around them more often, so it's. And um, we have even been told by um, this was at Disney. We um, ran into like identical twins that were like 
oh, we're identical twins too. It looked like they were identical twins. And we're like, no, that they do not look identical at all. Um, so that's the main thing we were, <laughs> we've experienced. And that, there's very like random comments and things like that, but nothing oh, that I'm sure. was, like, offended us or anything. Yeah. Uh, it was just kind of uh, funny in a way sometimes. I'm, I'm, I'm sure at some point we'll experience something like that. We just haven't yet. Um, I'd say like the challenges that we face, um, you know, there's been some interesting resources that have helped with that. We, the hardest thing we've had is, um, for our first son is trying to find somebody who knows how to cut Asian hair. This is different. Um, it kind of lays differently and no one seems to know how to, we found a few places that have done it consistently, but then we would like move and then we didn't have that resource anymore. So, um, so little things like that. Um, there are interesting, not, not like big challenges, but just, uh, um, finding resources like that, um, are, um, you know, have kind of been, um, some interesting pieces of it and we might, you know, in, encounter other things, um, in the future, but, um, that's good you know, just to throw out one thing that, you know, it's been interesting for now. So I never thought about the hair component. That's interesting. I didn't, I guess I just was ignorant to that. Maybe I didn't, I never heard that before, but that's really interesting to yeah. that. And before. earwax, uh, Asian earwax is different. And hmm. I might be saying overstating that, but like that, I'll say their earwax is different. So that's interesting. I'm, uh, <laughs> so I'm learning more every day. Detail, but, um, <laughs> so, but so, all right. So we kind of ran, we wrap up the show, what I call fifth down questions. Uh, so here we go. Your first one. What is your favorite thing to do with your children? And you can't say Disney. Right. I would say just in general, going on an adventure making up an adventure. Um, now I have had those where I've gone to Disney and I enjoy those, but um, like we, um, I'll just, I can try to turn most things into an adventure. But yeah, just you know, taking them out and letting them experience something sometimes just on a whim. Um, and it might be something as simple as like, I got some, like a remote control card that I had as a kid out and they got to play with it for a little bit. Um, so it doesn't have to be anything big, but, um, you know, you can always, you know, to, I, I think that's important to remember is like, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be Disney, um, necessarily for me to, um, to create like a little bit of adventure, especially with, you know, having little boys, um, yeah, you know, they just love that. And those are things that they remember and ask about. And sometimes I can't recreate what we did. So <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll have to have that as a one-time thing, but we'll always um, try to come up with new adventures to go on when we have the time um, and opportunity to do so. Uh, that, that's good. I, I like the way you just, just go into a park. I think we can do that. I think sometimes, Again, we dads, I do it a lot. Let's, let's try to find this grand adventure, but those little adventures are out there. That That is a really cool way you put that. All right. So you have a, I ask all my, all my dads this, you have a billboard. Mm -hmm. What would you put on there about adoption or foster? What would you tell other dads? You have a billboard. What would you put on there? Um, 
so for the process side of things, I would say it might be a long billboard, but find a close friend. And by close, I mean willing to help, you know, willing to drop everything and help you at a moment's notice and also like close in proximity um, and pay for them to become a notary. Um, so there's my long billboard. And the reason for that is that you will forget that some page or something needs to be notarized at the very last minute. Like, you know, maybe the night before, you know, less than 12 hours before you're supposed to head to China. Not that they didn't happen to you, right? Not that that didn't happen to us and that (laughs) we were calling a bail bond office that was down the street and every other place we could think of. And we got the bail bond office finally on the, the phone and then we found out, you know, a neighbor down the street was available and we ended up choosing the neighbor. Uh, so. That's, that's all. I, that's a great story. Uh, if you need something right before you need to get that find a good notary, that's a really yeah. a lot of things you get notarized. Uh, well, I had wife, to like take a notary to the doc. Like I had, luckily I had like, um, notary friend notary co-worker who was willing to like go to my doctor's office because the doctor's office had lost their notary but they had to sign you know that and the doctor wasn't going to come to me so uh, <laughs> it was don't make house calls anymore yeah. they sure don't so, i mean seriously like that that is probably the biggest resource that i would recommend that you wouldn't think of to have and a, a good uh um if there if there was like a side advertisement um sponsoring that i would say it needs to be a a a cheap but um reliable um all-in-one uh printer scanner faxer machine that has a tray feeder because you're going to be processing a lot of documents and scanning a lot of things in um a lot of it's more done digitally but yeah there's still you still gotta um, do paper documents and things that's that's true, man. You man, you do so many scanning and notary, and, and every country's different. I mean, that's just for Korea. That uh, that's a really great way to put that. I like how you put that. That was really good. All right, so Scott, I'm gonna I'm gonna test your Disney knowledge here. All right, test your Disney knowledge. Now these may be kind of uh, Disney World. I'm trying to I, I try to find Disney World specific questions here for you. Okay, um, how far apart? At Disney World, are the trash cans? So I don't have the exact distance. I'm gonna guess. I'm like walking in in my mind right now. I'm gonna guess like 12 feet, but Ooh. the gen- generic distance I know is whatever the distance was that Walt Disney and his Imagineers determined was the. Um, farthest away that somebody would go before they would throw trash on the ground. It was, it's third on this website. It's 30 steps from the nearest trash. You're never more oh, yeah. than 30 okay. steps. Yep. So, <laughs> I don't know, I don't that, know how they determined it. I just don't know that. Yeah, there you go. That so. was, yeah. I also, when I was looking these questions up, it was, what's the first, how much was it to get into Disney world when it opened in the early seventies? What was the cost? Uh, I want to say it, it was, like i saw this figure recently um i want to say it was like 75 cents for adults and 50 cents for kids 
The website yeah. I found was three fifty. Three fifty. Okay, I may be thinking Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, <they're> probably <laughs> Disneyland. Yeah. yeah. All right. Last question here for you. What is the name of the secret tunnel system located beneath Disney's Magic Kingdom? The Utilidors. That's correct, man. Look at you, right? All it's you are a Disney dad for sure. Congratulations, <laughs> you got it. Thank you, uh, Scott. I, I, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your adoption story, but also uh, just kind of the, the you sharing your your love of Disney and just with other dads. I, I appreciate that, and just thank you so much for coming on and sharing today. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, and yeah, happy to talk Disney or adoption anytime. So. Uh, <laughs> Well, I appreciate it, Scott. Do you want to plug your stuff real quick? I don't want to forget that. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, yeah, so again, the podcast um, can be found in audio formats. Um, it's the Dads of Adventure podcast, um, so most podcast formats. Um, and then uh, you can see it in video format and some of our other life adventure videos, um, including the adoption videos that I will eventually get done um, even though it's been several years since our adoptions, I'm still planning to work on them um, at Dreams Magic Adventure um, YouTube channel. And then most of my um, most social media platforms, um, um, you can find me at Dads of Adventure, um, including Clubhouse, where I'm doing a um, weekly at the time of this recording um, Disney Dads chat there in clubhouse or you can find more uh, on dadsofadventure.com well, again i appreciate it, scott thank you so much and uh when are you going to disney next that's the last question i'll ask you um this weekend probably if uh <laughs> if i can find a pass to get in um but i have a pass for earth day because that is the only day you can see jiminy cricket at uh, animal kingdom on the celebration of their grand opening well, there you there go. You go. That's so, your Disney facts for the day. Disney facts. <laughs> Scott, again, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Thank you. You as well. I hope you guys enjoyed Scott and all his good Disney information. Did a really good job. Once again, if you want to check him out, his podcast is Dads of Adventure. He also holds, uh, or semi holds, weekly Disney dad discussions. I have yet to join one. Probably need to check it out sometime. Again, guys, if you like what you hear, please spread the word. Give a five-star review, a rating. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. You know, I don't have a Snapchat. <laughs> Facebook. Love to hear from you guys. Shoot me an email at adoptivedadplaybook at gmail.com. If I can pray for you, if you have a show idea, heck, if you want to be a guest and you want to talk about your journey that can help other dads, please do so. Hope you guys have a great week, and until next time, be good. Thanks for listening to the Adoptive Dad Playbook. Be sure to follow us on social media 